Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, the name on everyone's lips is Fire Emblem. What does that mean? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. That's great. How about you, Patrick? I am also doing well. You and I are both a little cold, mm-hmm. transitioning right into the weather here. Yeah. Um, and so we're both wearing jackets here at my uh, dining room table. It's cold outside. It's cold outside. It's- I saw today that we're at mm-hmm. like LA is at like 250 percent normal rain levels. Uh, like where we normally are at this time of year. That tracks. Uh, it has been raining a lot. We are currently experiencing Winter Storm Leo. It has a name. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and it's Leo. I'm choosing to believe that it is named after <clears throat> the Imperial General from Final Fantasy VI, General Leo, who of course uh, falls to Kefka's horrible magic. Maybe the Emperor. I forget who at this point. <laughs> My initial uh, Leo reference was Leo the Lion from MGM. Uh, that's that's the lion's name. Yeah, doesn't Leo just mean lion? I I didn't name him. Well, I was holding you accountable for it. <laughs> uh, last night I was joking that we were in the middle of um, Winter Storm. Michelle Leo, that actress, Michelle Leo. Is it Melissa Leo? It is Melissa Leo. <laughs> That's a better joke. <laughs> so sometimes when we're doing this show, like right now, we make some mistakes. So let's get into the debug. Mark, we messed some things up last week. Um, one thing that we messed up, I may have, uh, I did, I said, I thought maybe the IR sensors. Yeah, don't the- try to worm your way no, out of this. I'm- you may have said <laughs> I it. Did, I did say it. I'm taking full responsibility. <laughs> Uh, I was unclear as to where the IR sensor is on the Joy-Cons. There's just one on the Joy-Con R. There is not one on the Joy-Con L. And for this, I apologize. (laughs) All right. Well, I also failed last week. Um, I failed to mention that Dragon Quest VIII released on December 20th. Yeah. And I purchased Dragon Quest VIII and preloaded it. (laughs) And I think last episode I complained how impossible it is to find um release schedule for games. But here's one that I didn't have to look up because I knew it to be true. Have you, let me ask you this, uh, have you started it at all? No. Okay. But it is sitting on your 3DS. Yeah. I, I'm, I will have to download like an update, you know, mm-hmm. that like unlocks it. But yeah, it's there sitting alongside Dragon Quest Seven, also unplayed. So at this point, I think uh, earlier today you estimated you have about 140 hours of Dragon Quest ahead I of you. I think so, because the general consensus seems to be that Dragon Quest Seven on the 3DS takes about 100 hours to get through the main campaign. And Dragon Quest Eight is definitely not that long. You know, I'm hearing we can blow through the new Resident Evil game in eight hours. <laughs> so, I'm just saying that might be nice. That might be nice. Uh, but what, uh, what, what have you been playing, Mark? So I've been playing Star Tropics still. 
Oh, all uh, right. I'm making my way through it a little bit. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, great. Uh, Where... I really like... I'm like in the ghost town yeah, village yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a, a tricky dungeon? Yeah. A cave? Temple? I've been... Uh, yeah, like making my way through it. I tried to do it without a guide for as much as I could, but... Um, and I don't even know if I've gotten to the point that you were talking about last week where it becomes kind of tricky and you might want a guide, but I busted the guide out. Yeah. No, I mean, that that island is where I, I would start to... Because that's, that's chapter three, the third island you mm-hmm. get to, has so many of these different, like, discrete areas and villages and, all like, kind of an ongoing story that unfolds just in one little island. The thing I'm really enjoying about it is... Uh, it's, it's not, obviously Link to the Past is a much better game than this. Like oh. the mechanics are more refined, like all that Heavens, kind of stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it feels more like a Link to the Past to me than it does the Legend of Zelda. Like it mm-hmm. kind of, even though it's using the Zelda engine, it feels like a, uh, kind of like in between those two games. Mm-hmm. And I'm really enjoying that because when you think about it, we don't have on console, on like home consoles, a lot of. 2d zelda like a lot of like top-down zelda yeah we only had three of them and then it became then it became a handheld thing yeah and and so it's been fun to kind of like play this again it doesn't it's not a zelda game it doesn't play exactly like a zelda game but uh i it makes me want to like it makes me want a game boy mini because i want to play the top-down zeldas yeah you know that i or I, I guess they're available on the virtual console. Yeah, the uh, the 3DS virtual console has a surprisingly high number of Zelda games because you can get uh, the original Zelda, Zelda 2. You can get Link to the Past if you have a new 3DS. You can get um, the Ocarina of Time. You can get uh, Majora's Mask. You can get uh, all three Game Boy uh, Zelda games. It's just so many. It's just so many games. Now, is Star Tropics 2, I know like so little about Zoda's Revenge. Mm-hmm. So does it look better or does it look about the same? It looks about the same. I think it's a little bit improved where it has like the biggest leap forward, kind of two things. One is the the storytelling is even more interesting because you're traveling through time. Um, but also the control is loosened up considerably. Um Start the original Star Tropics. You're moving in a very strict grid, right? Like up, down, left, right, one block at a time. Um, and ditto the jumps are, are exactly like that. <clears throat> in Zoda's Revenge, you're you can move on diagonals, you can jump diagonally, you can jump not the full like space. So, like, everything is a lot less like digital in his movement. Um, but it generally looks pretty much the same. And I think the I think Star Tropics looks pretty good. Yeah, it, I, I think it yeah. does too. So, in general, is Star Tropics two considered a better game than Star Tropics? I don't. I don't. I, I'm really not sure what the like consensus is on Star. Oh, Tropics. What, what's your feeling on it? I like um, the original. Well, I think I had Star Tropics. Um, I mean, obviously, I had the first Star Tropics first. It came out first. Um, but I was like in love with it when that game came out, and by the time Star Tropics two came out myself and everyone had already moved on to the super nes so like it came out at a time that probably makes me look on it less favorably when i look back um but i there it's a it's a really good game like it's probably just as good as the first one now that i've uh now that i'm like playing star tropics you see people 
like wanting a Star Tropics reboot, like a full 3D Star Tropics game. Yeah. Mm, I don't really know that I understand the point. Uh, it would just be a, a cool thing to explore. Like, um, I don't. You're not quite to where the game gets super weird yet. Um, in the fourth chapter, you're swallowed by a whale, and the whole chapter takes place in the whale. Um, there's a, a chapter where you're um, you have to play like a giant organ, a giant pirate organ, and like you pick up the clues about what notes to play from this pirate captain's parrot who's like singing a song. It just it's got so many like smart, cool, funny, weird things about it um that like you know that is is such a part of like nintendo's brand now that it would be cool to see them go back to it and like really amplify that weirdness um in in a in a new space i mean it sounds like what we really want is a 3d mother game oh of course yes i mean that's another thing is that it does feel a little bit like mother right like it has a lot of that same sensibility a lot of that like playing into like American 80s cinema, kind of. Like Stranger Things. It's like Stranger Things is what it is. Uh, and I was going to say something else about that. I would also settle for seeing Mike um, in the next Smash Brothers game. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I think we talked about it last week, but it seems as easy as a skin. Yeah. Right? Because you right. already have two characters that have a yo-yo. One character that has a yo-yo. Yeah, I mean, it does Lucas have a yo-yo? Ness definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> well, what have you been playing, Patrick? Uh, so I've been playing... So We're going to talk more about um, Fire Emblem uh, later in the episode because there's a lot of Fire Emblem news. Um, but I've been playing Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones, for the Game Boy Advance. I'm playing it on my Wii U, on the Virtual Console, because it's easy to buy and cheap, and I don't have to spend like 50 bucks on a GBA cartridge. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's the only the second Fire Emblem game that I've like played deeply. Um, but I I'm I'm really having fun with it, and have only had to like stop a battle because I'm losing my units. Um, once so far, <laughs> I just I get filled with such anxiety when I start losing characters because when they die, they die forever. Uh, <clears throat> so you played Awakening? Yes, that's right, and. Do, does it still feel like the of the same series? Like, can you see the roots of Awakening in? Yeah, at kind of super strongly. Like, um, I'm the every I'm sure every Fire Emblem game brings something like unique and big to the table, but like the fundamental building blocks are all there in um in this game from you know ten years previous. So. It's cool, and I'm I'm really enjoying it, and uh, we'll probably play more tonight after you leave. Like I, I've got it like on the brain right now, where I I just want to, and the the way like Fire Emblem games work is that you know you, it's every time you sit down to play, it's like here's a map, you have to basically conquer the map. It's a, a strategy, turn based strategy role playing game, um, and I just I really like the. It's not bite sized necessarily because you still have to spend like an hour or so on each map, but that like you go in there, you do the map, and you finish it, and you're like, great, now I put it down, I walk away, I'll come back tomorrow and do another one. Um, it just feels really good, and uh, like the units are all clearly defined. Uh, another thing we've been playing together 
we've been working on Metroid Other M, and you could be playing along with us. Uh, I believe... Oh, shoot. What? <laughs> uh, I believe uh, at this point we are heading out of Sector 3 and back into Sector 2. I think so as well. It's hard. Okay, so we've, we're playing it in a lot, uh, like... Uh, like concentrated chunks. Concentrated chunks, and then recording episodes after we play chunk. But then sometimes we'll have to leave it for a few weeks and come back to it. So where we are in the game versus the episodes that have been released are two different places. Right, exactly. But needless to say, as the game goes on, we have more fun and we get more positive about it. So if your experience so far listening to the mini episodes has been, man, these guys don't like this game that much. You're right, (laughs) but we turn around and get more positive on it as we go, so check those out, Um, because I think we're genuinely enjoying it now, right? Yeah. Cool. Mark, let's get into the news. So Shovel Knight Treasure Trove will be coming to the Switch available in the launch window. Still unclear exactly what that means. Right. Um, but additionally, the new campaign Spectre of Torment will be coming out this fall. Yeah. Uh, I love this game. I believe it's launching first on the switch. The, uh, treasure trove. Oh, the treasure trove. So the, the treasure trove is just the, the new name that they're giving to, um, like all of the shuffle Knight content right package packaged together. Um, and the, there are then going to be just like the four campaigns. Um, the original one that is just the shuffle Knight campaign, um, one, the specter of torment, which is coming out, uh, in the fall and the plague Knight one plague of shadows, um, which has been out for a couple months now, uh, which is only okay. I had a really tough time, um, getting around plague of shadows, but I'm excited for, um, this, uh, this next one and for the King Knight stuff. And we'll happily play um, the Shovel shovel of Hope, shove, something like that. Whatever the original uh, campaign is called, I'll totally play that again. Yeah, one thing I think is cool is I believe they, uh, Kickst- Kickstarter backers mm-hmm. for the game, still get all the new content for free. Yeah, well, and if you bought any, if you bought the original um, on any of the platforms it's on, and it's on basically everything all subsequent um like your original purchase has turned into treasure trove and you'll get all the new campaigns for free which is nuts uh what i think is just like it not really related to this news item specifically but what i think is interesting about what shovel knight has become yeah you know we've talked in the past about games as services you know like destiny and Mm -hmm. minecraft and like uh, overwatch right where you like pay one fee to get the game and then you're gonna pay a little bit to like keep playing it over and over and over and like shovel knight has kind of become this like game as service where it's like shovel knight is no longer one game shovel knight means an entire right series of games like its own like service right and it's not even really like a a franchise necessarily because it's not like sequels it's just like completely different approaches to and it's all you know just a 2d platformer with like some a lot all the same assets basically but like totally different ways of traversing and totally different ways of using abilities so yeah i'm i'm super excited to see what the next two um campaigns uh, end up being uh speaking of 
Switch launch. Uh, old school JRPG I Am Setsuna joins the Switch launch lineup and will be available on the platform on March 3rd as a digital download. Hey, um, I want to play this game. Yeah, I am really interested in it. So Tokyo RPG Factory, that's the um, unit of uh, Square Enix that uh, developed this game. Um, they're like only job is to develop games like that yeah i think they're given like a small budget Mm -hmm. they're digital only and it's just kind of i think they're digital only like the downloads they don't like do physical releases to keep but the budget on the game low and it's just kind of like okay like uh you go off and fill this niche that the that like square enix doesn't really fill anymore right well and uh do do you know the name of the like the company within um Square Enix that does uh the Bravely games? No, I don't. <clears throat> Cuz aren't they also behind the uh Project o- Octopath They Traveler? are, yes. Um cuz that seems that's like a, a similar niche like that old school um JRPG kind of game. Uh it's just cool that there's so much of that coming out of Square still like All right, guys. <laughs> well, and I I I think the digital like platforms allows that to be possible mm-hmm. because you can go off and like have them do it on the, a smaller budget and so there's less risk and then you like i mean have you seen i am setsuna promoted anywhere like i don't really know that it is other than on you know like the ps4 storefront or whatever yeah that's a good point um yeah and like the game doesn't even really appear in places where like it would make sense like it's not on um vita for example and like that's where people play that kind of stuff um is it not on vita just in japan oh yeah, okay not not in the states which is weird because it's out, it's been localized obviously <laughs> put it on the vita <laughs> and we we actually had this discussion earlier because i'm kind of planning on going all digital for the switch mm-hmm. and uh i want to talk about that more too because that's i think that's smart <laughs> keep going okay well we were uh i mean thank you <laughs> um and Mark, I think you're smart. <laughs> but this answers the question of will like the e-store, the e-shop be available on the Switch on day one? Has and, to be. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, I, 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 I think I don't, there, there never really was a question in my mind that it would, but I guess it's not impossible that Nintendo would be like, it's coming later. Uh, uh, you know, we have a, a news item actually tangentially related to this. Well, the Switch will not be having streaming services apps on day one. So like no Netflix, no Hulu, no YouTube. Um, but they're possibly being considered for the future. If I were a betting man, which my parents raised me not to be. We settled the bet on the last episode. <laughs> Dear mother, don't listen to that one. Um, we're the one before where we the set one. the bet. <laughs> Know only that Patrick conjoled and lied to get me to do it. I'm just <laughs> that is true. No, uh, I I think it'll be included in like the big fall, um, update that includes like the other online services. Let me ask you this: Do you care about it at all? I absolutely don't. Okay, yeah, neither do I. Yeah, I I don't. I've never used Netflix on like. I think it's on the 3DS. I've never oh, yeah. used on, you know, like I've never used any of the video services on the 3DS. I just want Nintendo to focus on making it a good game console. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that it would be smart of them to not like, come on, that's not where the priority should be on this thing. And even though, you know, like Netflix is the one that would do, pro- would probably do the heavy lifting for a Switch app. Um, 
I still think it would take some resources for Nintendo to like QA it and certify it and all that right. stuff. And I, you know, I think they're going to be right down to the wire getting the Switch UI and firmware in right. place. So, so just, just do, just don't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I just think there's, there's no reason. Um, that I watched Hulu on my 3DS once and was like, oh, this is a terrible experience. Why? <laughs> why? Would, and it's slow. Like, why would I? Why would you do it? I just don't need my Switch to be a tablet. That's right. I don't. You know, I like, don't want to check my email I on it. I don't want to browse the internet. I don't want to like. God forbid, look at Twitter. No, I'm not Snapchatting with it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I, even have a camera. First of all, <laughs> I just, I just wanted to play games. And I want to boot up quickly. That's right. all I want. And you want to have a, a pretty menu system and all of that, <laughs> which it kind of looks like it's going to. Who knows, Mark? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. There has to be another direct coming, right, to answer these questions. I uh, am actually was a little bit surprised that we didn't get. Um, didn't get word of a new direct this week like i I was sort of expecting that we would get one every week until it came out i think it's still possible it's sure you know it's early in the week and they don't really need to announce these things far in advance that's true i wonder if they could just do one like just put one out and just everyone would be like wait 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 (laughs) (laughs) have you been on nintendo's youtube page (laughs) um super mario run is coming to android in march uh well welcome to super mario run guys yeah i mean this is interesting because it'll be coming out later than and we'll we'll get into more detail about it but the fire emblem mobile game is coming out on february 2nd yeah on android and ios so the fire emblem game will be out before mario run mario run weird on android like weird i i i don't think it's gonna do well on android you don't think super mario run is gonna do well on android no uh, even like by, you don't think it's going to do as well as it did on iOS, or because it didn't do, it didn't sell that well on iOS. Well, we don't know. We don't know that to be sure. true. We know it's not in like the top fifty top grossing apps anymore, but that's mm-hmm. not particularly surprising for like a one yeah. time purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think it can be selling decently, uh, and not in the top 50 but but on android it's like it's so easy to pirate things on android like i i and just historically android users purchase less than ios users so i don't think it's i think if anything is going to hit it's going to be this fire emblem game but it's fire emblem and not mario so right uh mark let me ask you are you still playing super mario run Mm, i opened it today because we were talking about it at work but i don't play it very regularly I think that's fair. I think we've gotten our, our use out of it. Which, what about you? Uh, well, since I maxed out my toads, I have 9,999 toads. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I have all the black coins. So there's nothing left for me to do. Um, so yeah, I, haven't, I probably haven't played it in like two or three days. Sarah was asking, and I tried to look up the, uh, the answer to this, and I think she's just, I think she's just screwed. But um she wanted to know if there's a way that you can delete the game but keep it so that it, it remembers your like your town your your kingdom and like remembers basically your game data while deleting the game and i don't think there is a way to do that no i think if you're ty- you're logged into your my nintendo account it does that that it does remember it mm-hmm. hmm. 
I mean, the only way to test this is to wrestle her phone from her and delete it and then have her reinstall it. I mean, or for me to do it. I could do that. Ugh, you're such a hero. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we're basically at the same place in the game. Yeah. She also has 9,999 <laughs> toads, but not all the black coins. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think you can delete. I believe when you link your My Nintendo account or when it prompts you to at the beginning, yeah. the reason why I want, like, it's selling point in doing it is that it... Is that it keeps your data? Yeah. Okay. Um. Ooh, I don't want to test that. <laughs> I'll do it. I okay. have like 300 toads. It's fine. Um, should I do it right now? No, don't do it right okay. now. <laughs> uh, That'll be something we come back to next week. Um, speaking of earlier, when we were talking about... I was trying to think of how to form this sentence. Right. Here we go. <laughs> earlier, we were talking about uh, me going all digital mm-hmm. for the Switch. And... Uh, People who are concerned about the small memory available in the Nintendo Switch, which is 32 gigabytes, mm-hmm. um, will be happy to learn that the that it can be expanded with micro SDXC cards, uh, theoretically up to two terabytes when that's available, which right. they're currently not. They don't exist. At I, don't, I don't even think. I don't think one. I don't terabyte think one exists. is either. But um, but I, that's supposed to be coming soon. And also, when that comes out, it'll it will be like as expensive as a Switch currently is, which is crazy. But yeah. you can get you know like one hundred twenty eight gigs, two hundred fifty six gig, fifty six gigs for fairly reasonable prices, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I I think that's a good idea. I think uh, you know, my 3ds is all digital, and I love not having like the clutter of game boxes. I love being able to travel with as many games as I want, never have to worry about cleaning it up. Um, but I, I was thinking about uh, like buying a switch and buying the, you know, an extra set of joy con and like, you know, maybe uh, depending on like what, what your household setup is um, buying another dock, you know, for, for the system. Like I was thinking about, you know, we have one in the bedroom and one out here. Um, and it, doesn't take very long before it's just like buy a second switch um because like the dock itself is 90 dollars the pair of joy cons is um 80 dollars so right there you're at 160 dollars you're more than halfway to just buying the second switch (laughs) the launch does get really expensive fast yeah um what i'm planning on doing is I'm, i'm not buying in, like additional joy cons up front i'm not buying a dock i'm not buying a carrying case i'm not buying anything until i need it right right so like if i get to the point that it's like oh i want another dock i'll buy one if i need more joy cons i'll buy them then it, uh and so i'm going pretty minimal i'm just getting what's in the box uh i'm buying an sd card and then i'm gonna download a couple of games but i think that's that is strictly my launch plan uh, that's a pretty good plan. I'm still debating what I'm gonna do game wise because that sounds so attractive to just to not buy any physical games. I mean, I also think it's possible day one that I won't be able to play anything because Nintendo servers will just be a mess. Yeah, what a great point. And so, like downloading like 17 gigs from the the eShop might just be an all day. You know, I mean, I guess if I'm able to pick it up at midnight, my pre order, mm-hmm. and then like go to sleep and the well, game will well, maybe be halfway done i mean our experience with downloading metroid oh, yeah. other m was not a speedy no 
uh, Metroid Other M took like seven and a half hours. To and that was when, I'm going to hazard a guess, nobody was using, you know, Nintendo's online. Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, no one. I'd say, yeah, I'd say, uh, yes, that's uh, no one. No one is downloading it. Also, uh, does the, is there any way to hardwire a, a switch into the internet or is it Wi-Fi only? So my understanding is that, yes, like you remember the old Ethernet connector mm-hmm. that you could use on the Wii? Yes apparently that because it goes into usb port right and so i think apparently that'll work on like the switch dock like you can plug it into the back of the switch dock and then you could plug your ethernet cable into there i so, think but this that, is this is based on like half read tweets right. so i don't know it's <laughs> <laughs> so like you read 70 characters of the tweet <laughs> yeah i was like scanning them, like doesn't really apply to me <laughs> um man because that assumes that you still have that thing lying around Right. I mean, I feel like it's like the, uh, um, you know, like the SD cables for the Wii. Yeah. It was like that was impossible to find. I, it theoretically existed, but. Well, good. <laughs> good. I'm glad we don't have this information. Yet. <laughs> uh, in an interview with IGN, Breath of the Wild producer. You want to hazard a guess here? A.G. Numa. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Suggested that the upcoming Zelda title may not be the only new entry in the franchise of Switch hardware. I personally believe this to be the case because it's like a Wii situation where yeah. this was supposed to come out on the previous generation. So it follows that they would have time to make another one. Uh, yeah. Um, I. It feels weird to say I hope it's not the last one when like I do. We have no idea how the Switch is going to perform or even what it feels like to hold one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm all for more more Zelda. It'd be cool if it's kind of like a Majora's Mask type thing, you know, where they... Oh, just like a direct sequel? Yeah, or even they're just like, all right, now let's use this engine and get weird. Yeah, let's get weird. So do you think that the that the Zelda developers ever get sick of developing Zelda? Well, Aonuma has been doing um, the Zelda games since, I want to say since Link to the Past. And they're just back to back to back to back to back. Like He's It's just, just like you, end as, you finish mm-hmm. the Zelda game, you just roll right into another Zelda game. Well, when, um, uh, I forget where I read it, but... Um, uh, 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 shoot, <laughs> Mr. Nintendo, Mimoto said <laughs> said that uh, making Zelda is Aonuma's job at Nintendo, and so if they're not making a new Zelda, Aonuma's out of a job. Right, but uh, but I I'm wondering if I'm it, sure if they, it would, just gets they would they would put on something else. Of yeah, course. But I'm just wondering if it gets tiring to be and not even for and uh, I guess maybe like the other development staff. We don't necessarily know for sure that, you know, they don't get mixed around a little bit. Sure, it's it's not the same eight guys right. making Zelda over and over again. But there are, like, very specific teams at Nintendo, mm-hmm. you know, that are on franchises. And I don't know that there's a ton of mobility between the teams. So I, I just don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it would be tiring to be like, okay, we finished this. Let's take a two-week break and then let's, like do another one yeah the thing is that like all the mainstream zeldas are so different from each other that like it it you know the the new challenges of developing a new zelda with like a a a new flavor to it or a new style to it um wind waker is so different from um ocarina and twilight princess is so different from ocarina but 
Woo, Wind Waker. Uh, that like it, it, it would make sense to me that it would be like an exciting new way to interpret, you know, the the lore that you had established last time. When Mario, uh, got was taken over for the Galaxy games by Nintendo Tokyo, mm-hmm. like it's not that the Mario, uh formula had gotten stale because 64 was very different from sunshine you know sunshine Mm -hmm. was different uh but it uh, no you're right there is like a new fresh energy to galaxy yeah and i don't and i don't i'm not like uh breath of the wild seems very different from pretty much any zelda that's come before so i'm not saying that zelda has become stale but i do wonder if if zelda has become stale yeah a little bit uh i I so i think final piece of news here is just that there was uh the um fire emblem direct um which announced four new fire emblem games uh we will be getting into that in our like main topic of the show in more detail so um you're already listening to the show but let's move on out of the news Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of 433. Um, let me start this recording of 433 here. Um, it's kind of a chatty crowd. Mark... What are we going to talk about today? We saw Split. We saw Split. So after months, yeah, months, months of uh, begging, pleading you to send in Split spoilers, uh, we just went ahead and saw the movie. Um, <laughs> Even though I think I vowed that I would never see it, I think you did. But then yeah. I heard you making plans to do it, and I was like, Mark, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, clear, I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> And this is a good point. <laughs> you are a well-known liar. Um, it's kind of my thing. So we did get a few people sending us spoilers. Which you had kept from me. I did keep them from Which you. I'm like happy you did. Because I would have been, yeah. I, I feel like this is this is the biggest uh, twist that could have come here, right? That right. You, you thought all this time no one was heeding your desire for split spoilers, but I instead was just holding them for Were you, you responding to people being like, hey, thanks for sending split spoilers? I but was I'm not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that we can, we can do that now. We can say thank you to anyone who sent us split spoilers. and We weren't ignoring you. I just didn't know it existed. I just thought it was very funny that we were getting them. And I, I also didn't really want to read them for whatever reason. Uh, sure. Even though I don't necessarily even believe in spoilers and didn't think i was going to see this movie mm-hmm. i was like i don't know that i want to read an email that just spoils a movie i'm not going to see <laughs> <laughs> it felt weird uh, well okay uh i found out about this yesterday after we had seen the movie and do you remember the reason you gave me for not telling me uh it was you said it was partly because you all you just forgot until we were doing the show and i was asking people for split spoilers (laughs) that's right (laughs) that's right that that is part of it the other part is that uh there is oh and we we're not going to spoil the movie no we're not going to talk about it at all yeah we're not even really (laughs) going to talk about anything in the movie at all um but all of the spoilers that we were sent were like paragraphs like people like setting up like the premise of the movie and which makes sense you would have to because like you can't just like 
uh, it's not as clean as Bruce yeah. Willis was dead the whole time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can't. It doesn't work the same way. Um, but so thank you to everyone who sent us what's yeah spoilers. sincere thank you. I thought yeah, <laughs> knowing that people had actually done it, uh, like changed my like it was really fun to find out. It was. Uh, I don't think I've seen you happier. <laughs> At it made least, me genuinely happy. At least in recent memory. Um, going to see the movie was uh, a fun time. Going to see a movie with friends is always fun. It was a rainy night in LA. Yeah. Um, we did the the rare thing of uh, not buying our tickets ahead of time. Which always makes me nervous. I'm very like, I like to have things planned out kind of. Like I'd like to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Even though the theater wasn't anywhere near being sold out. Right, not even. I mean, like we got, you know, middle, middle. Like we had, we had really good seats. Also, we're adults, and yeah. so it's not like I'm planning a nine-year-old's birthday party. That's right. You know, if for some reason we weren't able to get tickets, we would all be fine. Oh yeah, we could do anything else. <laughs> we could see a different movie. We could see the same movie twenty minutes later. We could decide to fake our deaths. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we're adults. Yeah. We can do anything. We could drive one of our cars off the Santa Monica Pier. It would be, it would be tricky, but like we could do it. <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. Yeah. And then we'd swim to safety. We'd assume new identities in Vancouver. I hear Canada's lovely. Yeah, and you know, I think it would be smart to leave the country too when you're faking your death. I feel like that's just one more layer of like it's tough to track you. Have you ever been to Canada? Uh, yes, I have been to Canada. I haven't. I had to really think about that. Never been to Canada, never been to Mexico. And I'm not proud of it. <laughs> okay. Well, just because I like offer, you... I offered up that information so quickly, like you yeah. didn't have to like surgically extract it from I did me, not. That people might think that like, oh, he doesn't want to go to Canada. He doesn't want to go to Mexico. False on both counts. Uh, we are so close to Mexico right now. It would be easier for us to run away to Mexico <laughs> than it would be to run away to but Canada. that's what they'd expect us that to do. That is what a good point, Mark. I'm glad I'm doing this faking our death thing <laughs> with you instead of by myself. Um, so have you ever been out of the country? Yeah, yeah. I've been out okay. of the country. I um, just have, for some reason, never gone to Canada or Mexico. Um, I've only been to Canada on the East Coast. I like Halifax quite a bit, actually. Oh. It's a cool little city. Is it like a college town? Like, describe it to me. I don't know that I can. It's on the water. <laughs> it's very hilly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, just, it, it felt like a cool, like, quaint downtown hip kind of area. Yeah, that sounds um, nice. And it, it, it was nice. That's uh, I was Is it on, a small city? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I was on a camping trip with friends, um, and so we had been camping for four or five days in a row, and then... Um, and then stayed in a, at a hotel in Halifax. So by the time we got to Halifax, I was so happy to like take a shower. Mark, this is the greasiest I have ever been. <laughs> Just the greasiest. Um, oh, and uh, that uh, that was four thirty three, and the greasiest I have ever been. <laughs> uh, we were accompanied today by the Hunter Orchestra, the Hunter College Orchestra. Um, so with that out of the way. Mark, let's get into our topic of the week. Far Emblem. Far Emblem. Far Emblem. <laughs> uh, what it is, <laughs> what it been, what it gonna be. What it do. What it do, <laughs> and who it do it to. Uh, so, uh, I, I think it, y- you would be forgiven if you were like, what? Fire Emblem? What is this? What's going on? 
I don't play any of these games. Why did Nintendo just not announce four new ones? It is funny to me that it went from, like, in 2010, uh, Nintendo was like, if this next one doesn't sell, yes. we're ending Fire Emblem, to six years later being like, here are four new Fire Emblem games. Fire Emblem is now a major franchise for Nintendo. Absolutely. So, and it always kind of has, maybe not always, but it, it was for a very long time in Japan. Um, the, the very first Fire Emblem game that we got in the States came out on the uh, Game Boy Advance in 2003, um, and that's actually the seventh entry in the series. So my experience with Fire Emblem please, is kind of like, I think, a lot of Western gamers mm -hmm. who I had no idea that Fire Emblem existed until, until they showed up in Super Smash Brothers. Yes, so we are introduced to the entire concept of Fire Emblem, a series of strategy role-playing games through Marth, who is the first playable Fire Emblem character in a Smash Brothers game. He's in Melee. Is Roy also Roy in? is in Melee. Roy Marth in and Melee. Roy. So 2001, mm -hmm. um, and you're just like, who's this dude with the sword? Yeah, but then you're also kind of like, this dude with a sword is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I dig this dude with a sword. I, for, it's for when you want a dude with a sword who's not Link. Right? <laughs> yeah, a big sword. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, so, it, it's crazy. When did, uh, when did Melee come out? 2001. 2001, okay. Um, so, this is two years before we're going to see any of these characters in the States uh, in, in their own games. Um, but here they are, Marth and Roy. Um, and Marth is like the original protagonist of the Fire Emblem series. He's like a a um, a prince in the old Fire Emblem universe, um, and the very first game in, in the series is about him and his kingdoms. So I'm struggles. I'm gonna like so yeah. Uh, not that either of us necessarily have the answers to the question that I'm about to pose, or any of the questions we're about to pose. I say let's do this as much as we can, posing questions that we don't actually know the answers to, because I feel like we have the perspective of people who are like curious about Fire Emblem, but don't know a lot about it. Because I think that is us. Yes, that, that is us, but I think that is also most gamers, yeah. most Nintendo fans. So are Marth and Roy... Are they just in one game? Are they in a couple of games? Are, you know, like, uh, yeah. is it like Link and Zelda where Marth and Roy, because like you've played Awakening and this game, is it completely new characters every Fire Emblem game? So Like most, Final Fantasy? Yes. Yeah, so it's more like Final Fantasy than it is like Zelda, but it does, a, a lot of the Fire Emblem games are in the same timeline, just like centuries apart from So like other. same, like, so almost like, uh... You know what? I was about to try it again, like the Warrior, like the Dynasty Warriors games. Sure. Right? Where like they all take place in a historical, historically fictionalized version of like Japan or China. Right. And, uh, but they might take place in different dynasties type thing. Yes. Okay. And also, uh, like on top of that, there are also direct sequels and remakes and side stories. So, characters from like actual characters from one game will appear in another game and then there are also the sort of you know sid like or chocobo-esque or moogle type characters that just sort of nonsensically float between them there is a a merchant character named anna who it or just Anne? Ooh, i think i think it's anna i think it's anna who appears in several of these games 
um, in Fire Emblem Awakening, you are um, you meet a character who claims to be Marth um, and is wielding Marth's sword, which is also like a famous sword in the Fire Emblem games that pops up from time to time. Um, so like even the name Marth carries a lot of weight in that universe, even if the game you're playing, you know, takes place a thousand years after the do original you, Fire Emblem. Do you know is Marth from the original Fire Emblem? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's he's in OG Fire Emblem. And then, you know, therefore also in the remake that appeared on uh, DS, which is just called uh, Sh- Shadow of the Dragon? Shadow Dragon? Shadow Dragon, I think. Shadow Dragon. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I forgot what I was going to ask. Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how, how do we want to approach this? Do we want to talk about what... Um, Let's talk about what was in the direct. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then we'll kind of just spin out, <laughs> spin out of control from there. Oh, why is it called Fire Emblem? That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Is, does it have significance in the game? Yes. Okay. So the Fire Emblem is, uh, it's this um, wooden insignia thing that has the space for five stones. And that's what they showed in that brief teaser trailer for... Yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, and the, yeah, that, that wooden thing is the Fire Emblem, the stones that go in it are called different things in different games. Um, in Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones, which I'm currently playing, they are referred to as Sacred Stones. Oh, I <laughs> so see. It's all very, <laughs> it's all very surface level stuff. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the, they always unlock the magic to something, something, something. Wake up some sleeping dragon, travel through time, stop the dead from, you know, walking among you and killing everyone who's alive. Uh, so yes, there there is a reason that it's called Fire Emblem. It's just you know, you could call it the Legend of Zelda. You could call it Triforce: <laughs> colon, A Link to the Past. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about the the new games that are being um, that were announced uh, for all of Nintendo's um, platforms. <clears throat> the first one that they got into was Fire Emblems e- Fire Emblem Echoes. Um, and Shadows of Valentia is like part Valentia. of that. Valentia. Yeah. Is part of that title somewhere? So I think it's Fire Emblem Echoes, uh-huh. Shadows of Valentia. And the reason I think it's mm-hmm. th- named that is because I think the Echo refers to the fact that it's a um, remake of, yes. or kind of like a reimagining more than a remake mm-hmm. of uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden, which mm-hmm. is the second Fire Emblem game to ever be released. Right. And again, so that would be released only in Japan. It's not a game that we got over here. Was originally on the Famicom in like 1992 or something. So, and not that I necessarily think this means they're going to be releasing uh, more remakes in the future, but I could see them being like Fire Emblem Echoes is like the name for their remakes. And then the subtitle right like indicates which game it is i get you i get you um this would be the third remake that they've released second in the states right because shadow dragon was the remake of the remake of one Mm -hmm. this will be the remake of the second game right and then now this all all gets japanese so the (laughs) (laughs) the third fire emblem game which is called uh mystery of the fire emblem it's called Fire Emblem colon Mystery of the Fire Emblem. <laughs> was the first one released on the Super Famicom in 1994, and then it was remade on the DS in 2010, and that's called Fire Emblem New Mystery of the Fire Emblem. So you might be asking yourself, why did they go from one to three, and are we are just now getting a reimagining of two? And again, <clears throat> my understanding, based on partly what we've seen in the direct and what we've 
what people have talked about who are more familiar with the series in Japan mm-hmm. have talked about afterwards is that uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden is kind of like a Zelda 2 almost yeah. to The Legend of mm-hmm. Zelda where it plays with the same ideas but it is more um, experimental. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I, w- I was talking about this uh, a little bit um, when just uh, discussing my experience with um, Sacred Stones that like everything is very like mission based you go in you do you do the mission and then you close it up and you're done with that um and it looks like um gaiden and uh, you know by extension this new one echoes um is a little bit more exploration based like you can go into dungeons and actually have like one-on-one kind of encounters and it looks with, like there's towns of, yeah like of, like that kind of thing yeah which is all you know to- totally different for for the fire emblem series um this game is also being released uh, alongside a pair of amiibos that feature the the two protagonists, and their names are Alm and Celica. Celica, sure. <laughs> um, so, and they look really good. I don't. I mean, I know I I covet amiibo more than you do, <laughs> but um, they look real good. They do look really good. They're uh, handsome amiibo. Again, from other people who are uh, know more about amiibo than I do. Uh, it sounds like these are an upgrade from the other Fire Emblem. Yeah, I mean, one of the thing about the one of the thing one of the things <laughs> about they're all is aching. Yeah, <laughs> man, I love they're all is aching. Um, one of the things about the uh, like the the Martha Amiibo and um, I think Roy and Ike. I don't think I have Roy and Ike actually, but they um, like the reissues of them. Have had like kind of wonky faces, mm. or like their eyes aren't printed on their face just right, um, and so it it'll be nice to see uh, a higher quality of um, Fire Emblem amiibo. And also, we are still owed a Corin amiibo. He's still out there, yeah, with Cloud and Bayonetta. I think there's a a Smash update that's you know coming at some point. Oh, they're better to be. Huh? <laughs> Um, so all of, uh, Fire Emblem Shadow, uh, Echoes, Shadows of Valentia, and the Amiibo drop on May 19th. Which is also alarmingly soon. Yeah. For a game that no one knew anything about. I like this. I like when... I think it's great. I, I like when, uh, games are announced and released in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. And, um, uh, and also, it makes sense to me that they would do this because, you know, they have this fire emblem engine that they've been using on the 3ds mm-hmm. like why not uh keep the series active right. with a remake um and you know it takes less work sure you know because they already have this engine and also announced with nothing but a title card uh that says purely fire emblem right is that there's one coming to the switch planned for 2018 right that's correct yeah yeah um so that'll be super cool. That's the first time that uh, Fire Emblem has been on a home console since um, the Wii version. So it skipped the uh, Wii U uh, generation. And so, oh, oh, sorry, I just want to check the date on that. Uh, so that came out, Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn came out in 2007. So it'll be over a decade at that point um, that it, the series hasn't appeared on um, a, a home console. Uh, so that's super cool. Um, I'll be interested to get more um, about that. 
they also talked a little bit about, and again, just like a very little bit about Fire Emblem Warriors, mm-hmm. um, which is coming to uh, both the Switch and the 3DS in the fall of 2017. And this is that Dynasty's Warrior style game right. that was rumored and then was weirdly teased yeah. in the uh, Switch presentation. Yeah. And then was kind of expanded on a little bit more here. Right. And it seems like it's going to be basically what we what you expect. Lots of Fire Emblem fan service uh, and mostly you're just running around maps beating stuff up. And it, it <clears throat> it's also coming to... So it's coming to the Switch and it's also coming to the 3DS. Right. And exclusively the new 3DS. That's correct. Yeah. So it is only coming out for the for the new 3DS, which the um the Zelda Triforce Hero, not Triforce Heroes, the other one, Hyrule Warriors. Hyrule Warriors. Thank you. Um, it was available on regular old uh 3DS, and I think ran, ran pretty ran poorly. poorly. Yeah. Um, and ran better on the new 3DS. So maybe they were like, you know what? Let's just uh, only let it run on the new one. I mean, also at this point, they've sold a lot of new 3DSs. Yes, so uh, not keeping up with demand. So, yeah, it, it would it would make sense that they between that and the um, Switch release, that uh, there's no reason to have it on the original. The 3DS version of Hyrule Warriors kind of became the definitive version. Like it was getting you know yeah. updates long after the Wii U version stopped getting updates. Uh, and so I, I would imagine that there will be more parody this time because the Switch is their main platform. Yeah, I mean, and we'll we'll see actually. Like if the if the Switch comes on the market and people stop buying 3DSs, then like maybe it'll go the other way. Um, but it's so weird that they, you know, that uh, they've got a 3DS uh game coming out after the Switch comes out. So like they're clearly not giving up on that on that platform yeah i mean there are a number of 3ds titles coming mm-hmm. out this year that you know like the weird pikmin yep. side-scrolling game is also coming out that ever, ever oasis that it's like a role-playing game that's also going to come out at some point this year yeah i mean there's there there is still library um on the horizon for for 3ds uh so the last piece of information and the one that they kind of spend the most time on in this um nintendo direct was fire emblem heroes which is the entry in the fire emblem game on mobile um so at first they just said available on android uh february 2nd and ios soon and then like a couple hours after that they were like no, it's all coming out February 2nd. Yeah, it was really weird. Mark, how... what's going on there? <laughs> it was really weird how that all went down. I, I have no idea. Like, why would... <laughs> I have no idea, because it was literally hours afterwards, so it's like, why not just edit that card? Because I don't even think there was narration that said these words. I no, think I don't it was... think so either, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have, I have so no idea. They, they still just had to narrow that thing down. Somebody, like, yeah. So... Uh, Mark, what are your impressions of Fire Emblem Heroes? Eh, not for me. Not for Mark? I mean, I, I, I will check it out for sure. Um, oh. But again, like the, the free-to-play aspect of it mm-hmm. means that uh, I, I probably won't put a lot of time into it because I definitely won't put a lot of money into it. Right. Um, I will confess to being very excited about this. Um, I like that it looks like fire emblem i think that's cool it it looks and it looks like it plays exactly like fire emblem just on a much smaller map um 
and that everything there's no like scrolling around on the map it's all just with the screen will fit in your hand and um it's like a six by eight uh grid or something like that um with all the normal like rules of how to engage in combat in fire emblem um and the the game is also uh it's like got a um sort of like reaching through dimensions picky choosy sort of uh element to it where you're taking characters from other fire emblem games and building your armies um out of them um and at the moment there is a website up where you can go and start recruiting characters from those games into your army one a day until the game releases um so i've been doing this i don't know if you have i haven't um it's fun to do uh, if for no other reason than you can either have it randomly select a game and then you pick a hero or you can um, pick a game and then choose a hero within it and there's like you know their little bio there and you can like learn a little bit more about who everyone is um and all of that stuff so Right now, since I've only really played um, uh, Sacred Stones and Awakening, my team is mostly those characters at, the, at this point. Um, but like, you know, I'm going to pick up a Marth. <laughs> I'm going to pick up an Ike. I'm going to pick up a Roy. Um, probably a Corin as well. Um, but yeah, I just I, it's I, I'm I'm having fun with just the recruiting aspect of it right now. From a business perspective, this this seems like the game everybody wanted um super mario run to be sure in the sense that it is free to play Mm -hmm. it has microtransactions Mm -hmm. uh so there won't be any angry reviews on the app store (laughs) you know that people have to pay ten dollars up front it means it can generate money endlessly uh it has something that i guess in japan and i'm sure i'm pronouncing this wrong something like similar to like gacha gacha yeah what is that i think my like just based on the direct and stuff like that is it seems to work kind of like loot crates where you spend money or in real or like uh in-game currency to purchase um like items that have a random there's like a a random chance it'll be like the item you want or it could just be like a guard like an item that you that like like any loot game sure right where, where it's where like you get it's either rare or right. it's you know like um normal and or like super rare uh and so the more you buy the better chance you have of if there's like a one in 1600 chance of getting the item you want then you buy 1600 until you get it right or fewer and get it earlier right but right it's but it's it's rare that and it's all digital so nicely done <laughs> <laughs> um and so, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that it'll have the cultural impact that Super Mario Run did because mm-hmm. Mario, Fire Emblem, even if it is now a major franchise for Nintendo, obviously doesn't have the cultural cash that Mario yeah. does. But in the long term, it may turn out to be more, more profitable. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, is it... Is it weird or like are you at all worried that um Nintendo is uh putting like a lot of faith in the Fire Emblem franchise to, you know, act as an ambassador on mobile devices and um, you know, as like a, a, a big game to like draw people over to the three DS and the the Switch that like that's an avenue in? It seems so 
specific and so niche? I think that Nintendo is a very, a lot of times, maybe arguably to its detriment, is a very Japan-focused company. Sure. Even as the gaming market, the traditional gaming market, as I would define it, is uh, contracting in Japan. Mm-hmm. So with the history that Fire, that Fire Emblem has um, in Japan and with its success, its continued success, especially in more recent years, no, I think it makes total sense because this is like a almost like a reborn franchise right and so i i guess my my question is just like how well that translates over to like the american style of of gaming like poorly yeah i think like i you know like i think it fire emblem will remain a niche title Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah like i can't imagine i mean how many of these similar types of free-to-play games are available on the app store right now you would think a bunch right because yeah. it, it it seems like an easy genre to develop for like and it's a very popular uh genre in japan so mm-hmm. those companies are already you know like a lot of the, those games are available on the american app store or you know like western app stores they're just harder to find because nobody knows what to look for yeah and i think that's one advantage nintendo has mm-hmm. is they have the nintendo name and so you know like it's already being promoted on the google play store just like Super Mario Run was before Super Mario Run launched on iOS. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I, 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 I think it doesn't make sense to be betting on Fire Emblem to be a major franchise in the West, but uh, Nintendo's never really been focused on the West. Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess uh, in fairness to um, Fire Emblem just as a franchise, um, the most recent one, sold really well fire emblem fates yeah sold i mean really well on 3ds meaning what meaning you want like numbers no because i don't think we have those right right <laughs> like or like reliable numbers i don't think we have but there um, the the month that it came out and this is just me remembering now so <laughs> we might be fa- old patrick's reminiscent moment <laughs> now in my younger days um no, that the month that came out, if you would have, if they had just combined the two different versions of the game that sold, um, that it would have been the best-selling game of the month. Period. Um, I think that's great. Like, I, I definitely think it's a franchise on the rise mm-hmm. in the West, and so I, that's another reason why I think we're seeing so many of these games. Is it is? It's like, uh, you when you have that goodwill, you want to keep building yeah. on it by keeping Fire Emblem out there and like keep putting out good games that people want to play and keep growing the franchise. But I still think, I mean, especially with how games, depending on when it came out, yeah, that could mean... Yeah, that could mean everything. You know, like, uh, so, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to be doing all of this in the West. You know, it doesn't, it's not like a blitz of like Dragon Quest games where the West has consistently said, who cares? Right. It's more... Uh, I would say it's a little bit closer to obviously not on the same scale, but like to Pokemon, because um, they both play very Japaneseily. You know what I mean? Well, what do you what, what do you mean by that? So just that um, they're both games are turn based. They're both slow. They're both um, focused really heavily on design. Um, like they're both games that don't come out of the states unless they're being like intentionally retro. You know. Um, they're both very Japanese games. Um, and 
like I, I know Pokemon has so much other stuff going for it, right? Like it, it has this people have nostalgia for it and there's um the cartoon and the movies and stuff. Um and also just their designs are poppier and catchier. Um so but it just in terms of like raw gameplay, they feel very similar to me. I guess was where I was getting with that. No, that makes that makes sense. I also think, and again, this is going back to like the business perspective of it. I think what's happening with games is very similar to what's happening with like TV mm-hmm. or pretty much media in general, where there's there's this like stratification. Yeah, there are uh, guaranteed blockbuster titles that are going that you put a ton of money into, and they are going to make you a ton of money. Right? We we now expect certain franchises to make a billion dollars in we theaters. We expect it. You expect it. Right. The, Star Wars has to. That's absurd. Make a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, like that's that's incredible that we've gone to that point. And then there's no really middle tier games. And then there's like uh like the reason why indie uh developers have been able to do so well is as there's a flood of gamers, you're able to. You know, like you may not sell a million copies necessarily, but you can get by by selling two hundred thousand to your like specific fans, right? And so I feel like that's kind of where like Fire Emblem comes in. It's straddling, but being a very like niche genre and being like a B tier game sure, that we don't that doesn't really exist anymore. It's like Kirby, like we were talking about a few weeks ago that Kirby, yeah, consistently sells a million, right? Game after game. Right. And it never really does more than that. Maybe occasionally there'll be one that hits a little harder. There'll be one that hits a little softer, but it's like right there in the middle. And I feel like that's where Fire Emblem is being positioned. Yeah. Where it's just like, this is just going to be a consistent seller for us. We never expect amazing things out of it. And I honestly think that's kind of like where handheld gaming as that's what it's grown into is just like consistent mm-hmm. hits, consistent like uh medium hits. double like doubles right, <laughs> right. you know yeah, yeah yeah and i and i think that's this is kind of getting off topic but i think that's where the switch can succeed is just like by picking up that same momentum yeah yeah um and then occasionally having the mega blockbuster but i mean like the 3ds also has those mega blockbusters too like it it has a mario kart it has a smash it has um pokemon right uh, no absolutely yeah. Um. I think you have to, like any platform has to have both. Just right. like any movie studio has to, ex- unless you're Disney and you are just and then you have like all... six billion dollar <laughs> right. movies in a year or something ridiculous like that. Zootopia and uh, like all all of the best uh animated movie nominees from the this year, except for like Kubo, are Disney movies, right? Like Zootopia, Moana. And was there a Pixar movie too? Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Yeah. So three of the, three of the the nominees for best animated, and of course all of those killed at the box office. Yeah. Too, so what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's Hollywood Minute with. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you, um, as what what have you played of of the Fire Emblem games? I don't know that I've played any of them. Um, did you play any of Shadow Dragon? on the on the ds no i had a copy of it um and i think i i think it's widely if if there's any consensus about which fire emblem games are good and which ones are bad shadow dragon is one of the bad ones um but beyond that it's kind of hard to like there's not really a consensus among fire emblem fans about like no no no, start people on this one this is the good one well it, it seems uh kind of similar to final fantasy that way absolutely where you know there are like good ones and there are there are ones that people love more and 
uh, but they all kind of have their fans. Yeah. And they're all different experiences. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if my favorite will always be Awakening because that's the first one that I really played all the way through. Um, so uh, what are you interested in picking up any of the games uh, from, from the Direct last week? Yeah. I mean, I think I will. Uh, I might check out Shadows of Valentia. I'm I'm very interested in that, especially because it it sounds like it has a little bit of a little bit more of like a Zelda esque uh, vibe to it of being able to go into dungeons and towns and stuff. Um, what is Fire Emblem in your mind? Like, what is Fire Emblem known for? Like, what defines it? Like, to me, one of the things that I know about it that defines it is that when your care, if you a party member dies, they permadeath. are permanently dead. Yes. Uh, so permadeath is definitely so- something that defines Fire Emblem for me. Um, uh, relationship building between um, between your units. Uh, I-, I think this is something that this game actually does better than any other um, strategy games that I've played. Is that it? And it plays into the permadeath thing where uh, the relationships that your characters are building actually feel meaningful in a way um, that not only are they talking to each other um, in unique conversations that like only this pairing of characters can have, um, but then they also make each other stronger. So like if you have these two characters paired up and they're like just fighting side by side, that they'll give each other a little uh, uh, bonus bonuses to their stats does that feature as heavily in sacred stones as it does in awakening it does not feature as heavily but it's there um you have to actually have the support conversations during battles which is a little uh, like i want to fight i don't <laughs> i don't want to watch you guys chat i'll do that later um but yeah it and uh, awakenings achieves it um does like an almost perfect thing with it because there's a time travel element where the children of the characters that you're playing as in like the first half of the game travel back in time to help you like stop something. So like you have to start pairing up your characters so that they're going to have those children in the future. And so all of the mothers are set. Um, And so who the father is depends on your choices. You can ship them with any, any of the, any of the available men and that'll affect the, the stats and skills of the child when it travels back in time to meet you. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but, and then they also are able to form stronger relationships with each other. Like families can form stronger relationships and give each other better stat boosts. But so like when a character dies, that's like a potential father that died, a potential mother that died. And then if the mother dies, the child's never there, you know? Um, so like there's, there's so much like the the who the characters are and who they are to each other seems to matter in a way um, that I don't know I've, that I've experienced in, in, in another video game. So relationships is definitely one uh, thing that is quintessentially Fire Emblem to me. Um, there's the the weapon triangle, which is like the kind of rock, paper, scissors system that um, uh, axes beat spears, spears beat swords swords beat axes and just around in that triangle um that's just like something that's like built in it's a very simple uh again another like similarity to, to pokemon that you're like picking like oh i use this against that um but it's so so streamlined you know pokemon has like 20 different types and this is just like those three and of course there are other things like there's magic and um arrows and uh you know hand-to-hand combat and whatever um 
but it's all uh you can see like those little different weapon triangles spinning out from like that that very simple base um and then the storytelling in at least the two games that i've played and just in reading plot summaries they're all like game of thrones-esque uh giant continent where kingdoms are like battling to take each other over and people are backstabbing and um characters die as part of like story beats on top of um characters dying in uh like within fights um and just like an unforgiving kind of story where it's just like nope i don't care that you were invested in this group of characters they're all getting flattened right now um so it's kind of like refreshingly brutal for its like kind of poppy Japanese aesthetic. Um, yeah, so that that I would say those are those are the things that Fire Emblem is to me. And all these games are developed by Intelligent Systems. That's correct. Who also developed Advance Wars mm-hmm. when that was a thing. Yeah, it is not really a thing anymore. Oh man, I wish we would get another one. Maybe we will someday. And... First, we got to knock out these next four Fire Emblem <laughs> games. <laughs> Well, Warriors is being done by Koei Tecmo. Sure, sure, sure. The mobile one is being done by DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and but Intelligent Systems also does uh, the Paper Mario series as well, I believe. Uh, do they do all of them? I think so. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll be we'll be fact checking this one later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they've been working on this series for a um very long time so they must have multiple teams i'm guessing you're right about uh paper mario although i don't know if it's all of them Cer- certainly some Su- they did super paper mario if nothing else oh, okay uh, the one on the wii um the one that most people don't like yeah that's the one that- <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um sorry what did you say they must have multiple studios working on yeah you would think right um I mean, they've been doing them since 1990. That's a long time. And I think they're one of those that I think they're technically not owned by Nintendo. I think they just work very closely. They're like a very close second party. Sure. You mean like, uh, um, you know, the Metro Retro? Yeah, well, no, I think Retro is technically owned entirely by Nintendo now. Okay. Um, more like... Uh, next level games who did punch out on Wii? oh geez <laughs> the guys who did punch out on Wii. yeah we know what we're saying <laughs> well we may not because that may not be true either <laughs> i love it um they also did a bunch of uh i'm just on intelligent systems um at this point but uh, a bunch of warioware games these guys i tell you what yeah maybe uh, you might be right actually that they have a lot of the paper mario games sticker star for example color splash so yeah so they i think they're like next level games is currently where theoretically or like they are in practice they are not um like wholly owned by nintendo Mm -hmm. i don't even know if nintendo has a stake in them at all but they work very they have a very close working relationship with nintendo obviously at this point over you know like 26 years Right. Of uh yeah, doing a bunch of their That's really cool. Um I'm glad that Nintendo has these like uh these studios that aren't 
that aren't them that get to be slightly removed from them because like isn't how laboratories the same sort of yeah, situation so. mm-hmm. um yeah and game freak uh you know that all all of these things are like very closely associated with nintendo but are not nintendo uh any parting thoughts about the fire emblem series or what we're looking forward to i'm gonna get those amiibo i i think with your description of the game Mm -hmm. you've convinced me to pick up awakening awakening is so good i thoroughly recommend Although I will warn you that the first time I played it, I got halfway through the game and then said, oh, I get it now and started over. Oh, okay. So cause I, I was like 12 hours into the game and I was like, no, no, I have a better way to do this and started like matching people up the way I wanted them. And um, so if you want to play a little bit with a guide or just know that you may reach a point where you want to go back. <laughs> that sounds cool. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's super fun. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, I probably won't get Warriors unless it, looks really i probably just won't yeah i mean uh we played a little bit of hyrule warriors yeah and it's fine it's fine it had real performance problems um uh, with the two-player mode like real performance problems um and if uh i mean because that that would be a cool game to play like eight switches in a room right that would be really neat yeah (laughs) all right uh mark let's move out of our, our topic which of course was fire emblem boy i hated that transition <laughs> i just hated it we uh we don't have any questions to discuss today mark but if someone hey let me pose let me pose a question to you if someone wanted to send us a question in the future uh how, how could how could they do that through email right and they could send that email to nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com now i'm sure like especially at the end there we got into a lot of just like wild me like shouting things out being like next level game like all this you know like uh so yeah there are a lot of facts to check yeah so it's very possible that (laughs) we got that i have been misinformed that i half read a tweet and you know like said something that wasn't true Mm -hmm. also uh as discussed i've played one and a half fire emblem games and we just had a 40 minute conversation about (laughs) fire emblem so i almost certainly said something incorrect why not send us an email and tell us where we're wrong or hey uh you could also tell us about your experiences with fire emblem which one do you think is the best because we genuinely want to know Mm -hmm. i've heard good things about path of radiance on the gamecube i've and i think uh the wii game is a direct sequel to yes. Path of Radiance. And those are both both feature Ike, who is the who is another uh character from Smash Brothers. And I think are both extremely difficult to find at this point. Yes, yeah. If you want to buy discs of those things, they're like a hundred plus dollars. Uh but anyway, you can uh, email us Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. gmail.com. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't say the ad. That <laughs> that's fine. You're not required to. <laughs> That's that's right. That's not part of my shtick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if uh, you have a second, we would love for you to follow us on Twitter or check out the Facebook page on Twitter. We are Nin Cart Society, um, and our Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, and also, you could rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. That helps the visibility of the show and all of that good stuff. Plus, Mark and I read all of those reviews, and we giggle about them. 
I don't know that we've giggled about them yet, but I promise you that we will giggle, <laughs> giggle about them in the future. Um, if you like reading Mark and mine's opinions or listening to them, you're listening to them here, but if you like reading them as well, you can check out our comic reviews on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can find more of 8 Betty's music on uh, his website, which is 8 Betty, or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, that's what Fire Emblem is. And thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?